0: news network
1: time heals all wounds or so we're told but recent numbers have surfaced that suggest some who've fallen to experimental gene therapy are not getting up well time may not heal all wounds but time does wound all heals. the lies are being exposed the guilty are falling how do you know your players without a scorecard you turn to the voice of truth
2: tnn the truth news network And Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. Welcome to our Tuesday edition. You know, it's funny. When I woke up, I kind of felt like it was Wednesday. You know, middle of the week thing. Um, That's weird. Does that ever happen to you? You kind of lose your bearings. Usually for me, it's when I go out of town for some period of time, like three or four days minimum. And I lose track of time. But uh, of late here, it's happening more and more. I wonder if that's a product of becoming 68 years old. <laughs> that, may, that may play into it a little bit. Well, welcome. Welcome to everybody to TNN Live. We have some blockbuster information and news this morning. I'm going to tell you about something. This is what you're about to hear is regarding something that we've never talked about before here. But what it is, is an amazing opportunity for all of you that I've already uh, got involved in. No, it's not a a network marketing scandal or scheme. It's nothing like that. But uh, we're going to wait maybe 10, 15 minutes till everybody gets here. And then we're going to talk about it. It's something that's coming up that's going to happen next Tuesday. And folks, it's the real deal. I'll tell you all about it in a little bit, but we got to get right to the news, and we have some blockbuster information. Before we get into all of the controversial things that we have here, what's going on over there in Russia and Ukraine? Let's take a listen. Here's the latest.
3: And now to the disturbing images and stories out of Bucha, Ukraine. It continues to cause outrage all across the globe. The town's mayor says that more than 300 people were killed, civilians, before Russian forces pulled out. The Biden administration wants Russia's Vladimir Putin held accountable and is considering adding more sanctions and tightening existing ones in response to the most recent attacks. Haunting images of mass graves in Bucha, scenes showing a trail of death and destruction Russian troops left behind.
1: They weren't able to take Kyiv, so they um, vented their frustration on Bucha and and the
3: surrounding areas. Touring the town, Ukraine's president says civilians were treated worse than animals. He's pleading to identify Russian fighters involved in any atrocities. President Biden again calling Vladimir Putin a war criminal. This guy is brutal. And what's happening in Bucha is outrageous. The administration pushing for the Russian president to be tried for war crimes. We have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual, have a war crime trial the international community and that includes the united states will continue to collect evidence will
4: continue to contribute to the investigative efforts uh, and to make sure that russia is held properly accountable
3: russians foreign minister rejected allegations calling the scenes staged u.s defense officials say russian airstrikes have declined and about two-thirds of their troops near kiev have repositioned ukrainian soldiers remain ready to protect their country
2: i'll do everything what i needed
3: To stop them here, they won't pass me. As Russia gears up for a new offensive in the east, Ukraine's president warning the invasion may grow even grimmer.
2: You know, the most amazing thing to me about this is the Ukrainian people. I think you must agree, you got to. These people are just extraordinarily um, tough. I can't think of a better word to explain it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, this is a not a big country. Well, 40 million, 43 million. Not a little country either. But they're taking on one of the top two superpowers, military superpowers on the planet. Right behind the United States and China, that would make them the third. They may be uh, Russia, uh, maybe uh, I don't know who's best, who's biggest, China or Russia, but between those two, Ukraine's taking Russia on and they're not giving up. And it's not just Volodymyr Zelensky, the president, it's the people and not just the people that are fighting in the military, but family members, extended family members, friends, they're all in this thing. And yes, a big number of them had fled the country and they've done so to keep from dying But a huge percentage of Ukrainian men of many ages, young and old, have taken and picked up arms for their military, for the cause to take on the invading Russian military of Vladimir Putin. And I got to take my hats off. I don't know that in that same situation I could even do that. I think I could, but I don't know that I could. These people are tough. And they, to be honest with you, they're not going to give up. They've made it very clear, we will not quit. And the only way this is going to end is if Russia gives in and we beat Russia or they concede to us. That's an interesting thing for a um, small country to say en mass, their people, regarding an invasion like that of Russia. It just blows my mind. Now, what do we have coming up on the show? We have that thing I'm going to tell you about here in about 10 minutes, of course. You don't want to miss that. And we have some election cheating, more news, and it's not just in one spot. Have you noticed mainstream media hasn't been putting together a list of all of the real cheating in the 2020 election that has been verified, much of it in courts, remember the guy you, you can't talk about the big lie. You just can't do it. It didn't happen. It's just a, a figment of Donald Trump's imagination and those evil MAGA idiots. Well, I'm not an idiot, and I'm certainly not a MAGA idiot. I was a fan of the former president. I voted for him when he ran. I was uh, very much in front of uh, his even formal campaign announcement. I said... I wrote it on a Facebook post even before he and his wife came down the escalator in Trump Tower to make their announcement. I said, he's going to be the next president of the United States. Lots of people can say those kind of things. You know, you you, you have a big ball game. I, I know the Superdome very well. My football team played there. One season we played all but four of our home games in the Superdome. I'm a, a Louisiana product from South Louisiana, I was a Louisiana product way before the Superdome was built. I've been to many, 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 many things there, and that crowd last night at the Men's Final Four Basketball National Championship was epic. I mean, they were scattered everywhere, and it was packed out. It's an amazing situation to go there and be a part of the Louisiana Superdome. Now we call it the Caesars Superdome. But anyway, Goliath almost lost number one team in the nation, Kansas. They played North Carolina for it all at halftime. Kansas found themselves down 15 points. They fought their way back. It went back and forth. They caught up with North Carolina in the first three minutes of the second half. They were hot. And then it went back and forth, back and forth, and it didn't come down with any kind of knowledge of a sure winner in the last couple of minutes, it came down to the last five seconds of the game. I love to see things like that. When when uh, people come back, they get down about things. And they don't let what they got down about control who they are or their lives. They just say, I'm going to push through this. And that's what Kansas did. Not saying anything negative at all about North Carolina. They are an amazing basketball team, one of the best in the nation. They, I think they finished ranked 10th, but of course in the final polls, they'll go up. They may not be number two in the final polls, but they should be. And uh, my hat's off to those young men. I've never seen point guards that were so quick as were on both of those teams. Those little guys running down the court among those giants, you know, those seven footers. Game of basketball has changed dramatically everything changes as we get older you know I used to watch those um in NCAA games and even some NBA games and I played basketball when I was in high school I was a pretty good player not great but pretty good this was a century or so ago but uh, I look at them when I was 20 22 23 and I would say you know what I think I could stay with those guys I look at them now and it's like OMG who are these people? Are they biological weapons that are put out on a basketball court because they don't seem like they came with what they are playing with naturally. It had to be manipulated biologically. Anyway, basketball, hate to say it, NCAA basketball is now over. Women's championship game was on Sunday. But what we have here today, folks, is a lot of very important things that you need to, you need to make yourself aware of. Alejandro Mayorkas, everybody knows him. Joe Biden's Secretary of um, Homeland Security. Well, it all leaked out yesterday. He's got some intentions about this Title 42 thing, and his intentions are actually described in his February strategy, which was leaked. Yesterday, how about that? The February strategy is titled DHS Southwest Border Mass Irregular Migration Contingency Plan, and I've I've, I've got it. I downloaded it. Um, you can do that yourself. Just just go download that. That's the name of it: DHS Southwest Border Mass Irregular Migration Contingency Plan and I thumped through it, I'll I'll, I'll just slip forward to page 16. It says this, letter A, Secretary's intent, number one, purpose. The purpose of this plan is to describe a proactive approach that humanely prevents and responds to surges in irregular migration across the U.S. southern border. This will be done while ensuring that migrants can apply for any form of relief or protection for which they may be eligible, including asylum, withholding of removal, and protection from removal under the regulations implementing United States obligations under the Convention Against Torture, to maximize benefits for migrants. To do that, Mayorkas minimizes the detention and deportation of migrants, even though And I can't even get past this one, folks. This sums it up for me, all of this illegal migration. Even though federal law generally denies the entry of foreign workers and economic migrants into Americans' homeland. His plan sketches the way for these border officials to just squeeze as many migrants through small doorways in our nation's border that they possibly can. It doesn't sound like Alejandro Mayorkas has any desire to abide by federal immigration laws, does it? This next paragraph is in his plan. Current pathways to removal, deportations, will be limited. Again, forget about that federal law thing. Continuing, component use of broad-scale release mechanisms like own recognizant with issuance of a notice to appear or parole and alternatives to detention with administrative tools. Those are necessary to ensure humane and efficient treatment of these migrants. So here's an example. The parole side door is a very limited authority that Congress has given for exceptional situations. Now, what are they? Well, a sick airline passenger. Andrew author a former immigration judge, told Breitbart News in May of last year, you got a sick airliner, that makes them an exception. The judge said, it is very narrowly written for small numbers of people, but the administration has blown right past the limitations, he said. In February last month, 165,000 migrants arrived at the border. Mayorkas admitted 74,000. Under various legal claims, very few of the arrivals were detained and few prior arrivals were deported despite federal law. There's a big case coming up this month. The Supreme Court's going to consider a judgment by federal judges that seeks to make, make Orcas comply with federal law. This is the conundrum for me, and it begins and stops right there. It's federal Law. What Mayorkas is doing is every day thumbing his nose at federal immigration laws passed by the people's representatives, not Joe Biden's director of Homeland Security. It's obvious. Mayorkas, who's Cuban-born, is a pro-migration zealot. He argued back in 2013 that Americans' homeland always has been, and forever will remain a nation of immigrants. Only about one-third of Americans accept the nation of immigrants narrative. That's according to a survey by a pro-migration group. So his plan, this one I gave you just a few little parts of, ignores the reasonable and the rational economic concerns of roughly at least 100 million citizens of the U.S., That's not just a personal omission. As the sworn chief of the Department of Homeland Defense, Mayorkas is professionally and legally responsible for protecting Americans' economic opportunities from these illegals and some unscrupulous employers who hire illegal workers. Now, those concerns include their ability to earn decent wages in the labor market loosened by new migrants, and their ability to rent or buy decent housing in a housing market that's flooded with new migrants who are glad to pool multiple paychecks for just one small room. All this was these concerns was underlined by the Washington Post March 20th description of Dave Ramsey, in Lincoln Park, Michigan. Here's what it said. He'd modeled himself after his father, umpiring alongside him in high school and riding with him on private investigations to train as his apprentice. But if his father's middle-class ambitions had fallen apart after 50 years, Dave Jr.'s collapsed by the time he turned 20. He dropped out of school against his father's advice so he could make some quick money laying cable. He got injured at work, then got addicted to the prescription fentanyl patches. He'd gotten clean and stayed that way for the past nine years while taking care of his father and his daughters. He'd even gone back to school at night to get his diploma. But the life available to him didn't include the Masons or a union job or a thriving American middle class. Instead, he'd hustled his way through a series of contracting jobs that paid a living wage one week and nothing the next. Until the family's monthly bills were so far behind, it means that Dave Sr. started burying them in the bottom of a box. Mayorkas' plan does mention jobs on page 100, but only about jobs for foreigners and a planned region-wide migration network. Focus on whole of Western Hemisphere. That's what he called this part of the plan. The plan is based on the idea that transnational problems require transnational solutions. The intent of this plan is to provide the structure that's necessary to coordinate international public policies to prevent and to respond to irregular migration while simultaneously seeking to improve economic and social conditions and provide opportunities for advancement to populations across the hemisphere to reduce the compulsion to migrate. How are we going to do that? One, developing human talent. Two, creating more and better jobs. Now, housing does get a few mentions, but only in the context of housing the migrants in the U.S. For example, on page 28, the strategy directs officials to, quote, Coordinate occupational safety and health reviews of facilities housing ICE detainees and residents to mitigate the spread of infectious diseases. Then on page 95, the report says the plan requires that minors in ICE custody must be housed in facilities that meet certain standards, including state standards for housing and care of dependent kids. Rents, they're not mentioned. I wonder why. Mayorkas did not include anything about these migrants, illegal migrants, paying any rent for this housing. I'll tell you why. He plans on the United States federal government, which would be you and me, to pay for all that. And you know we already are for thousands, tens of thousands. We're paying every dime that's necessary for them to live, in many cases, at a level higher than many, many Legally here, Americans, both migrants and born here. In December of 2021, the Washington Post reported on an eviction agent in Phoenix. Lenny had done more than 300 evictions since the CDC, since their federal moratorium expired in early August. And during that time, he'd given up on predicting who might come to the door. In the past several months, he'd evicted a 93-year-old from a retirement facility, a group of drug addicts living in an apartment cluttered with bowls of counterfeit cash, a man claiming to be a sovereign citizen above the law who barricaded himself inside the apartment, a laid-off restaurant worker, a schizophrenic, a hoarder, a recent Somali refugee, a man with pet reindeer, a woman who tried hiding inside her dresser cabinet, and six families living in a two-bedroom apartment subdivided by drapes and shower curtains. But no matter who he found waiting inside, Lenny's job remained the same, to search the home, force everyone out, and change the locks, all within a government-recommended time of 10 minutes. Mayorkas' plan, it does offer migrants the opportunity to seek asylum, withholding of removal or deferral of removal before an immigration judge. But he says nothing about economic opportunities for the almost uh, 20 million American men who have been pushed out of the labor market by the federal government's cheap labor policies. Mayorkas' plan doesn't mention that federal law requires the detention of migrants. The law requires the detention of migrants. Did you get that? Federal law requires the detention of migrants until their asylum claims are heard. Instead, detention, the word detention is used to describe a problem that must be avoided. It only gets the first mention on page 11 of the plan. For example... The plan notes that detentions may happen if the migrants arrive faster than officials can release them into the job market. Custody is first mentioned on page 14. Folks, let's just boil it down to this. We could go on and on on this. Alejandro Mayorkas, he had one task that he signed up for when he was nominated by Joe Biden to serve as the head of this department. And that one task is, was get them all in. Get them all in. We want every illegal that you can. Get them in. Well, what about the law, Mr. President? I'll take care of that. We'll deal with it as it comes. You get them in. Keep them here. We're going to subsidize them. We're going to pay for them. We don't have enough judges down there to get them quick asylum hearings, so that's better for them. Tell them to just go out, go to these communities, get some of these NGOs at these cities in Texas and Arizona and Colorado. Get them involved in this. Catholic Charities, they're big suckers. They'll house them. They'll feed them. They'll clothe them. They'll do whatever they need. Coordinate all this, but get them in and keep them here. Votes. Votes. That's what it's all about. Votes. They're not just hell-bent on getting these illegals into the nation, folks, as soon as the next Democrat Party is in power across the board, House, Senate, and President, there will be a complete ecumenical resolution that comes out of that President that gives them, with the approval of the Senate, gives all of these illegals legal status. It may not be citizenship, I think that's what they want to do, but it may not be that far, but included in whatever the first step is for them, they will be given the right to vote. And those millions of new Americans will be told without question, hey, we're the ones that paid the price to get you into the United States. You are obligated. Whoever runs as a Democrat, in any of your local, any of your state, and of course national levels, you've got to support the Democrat Party because if we lose our power, the GOP will never take care of you, and they're gonna they're gonna reverse what has happened here. You'll all be deported. Don't think that's not already being said across our southern border and in the cities where the Biden administration has been transporting these illegals to. With impunity, Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, and many others at the senior levels of this administration, they don't give a rip about federal laws. Well, there you go. Way to get started, huh? I told you just a minute ago, if you were here at the top of the show, I got something I want to talk to you about. And it's a very important thing that it goes in action next Tuesday. Right after this break, I'm going to give you the details. Hey, by the way, thanks for being here.
0: What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy,
5: and I'm teaming up with Turtle Wax this summer to make sure your rides are clean, shiny, protected, and even disinfected. Because whether you're hitting the streets or heading out on the highway to the beach, Turtle Wax will make sure your vehicle is looking, smelling, and feeling amazing. Turtle Wax is the only brand that I trust with my fleet of supercars. And y'all know how many cars I keep in my garage, Right? Check out TurtleWax.com to learn more, and be sure to buy now at TurtleWax.com or anywhere you shop for car care.
0: Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola, like your first time camping or falling in love on a flying date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials, so every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials, excluding cap and label.
3: Enjoy the great taste of Coca Cola in a new sip sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled
0: materials.
1: Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet.
0: are typically, pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the. Uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years money saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the three ninety 6 inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. <laughs> What'd he say? Italian BMT 3 I called the EMT. Turkey bread. How much? $3.99, $3.99,
4: dollars 99 Limited time at participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras, plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied.
1: Married to the truth, divorced from the lies, fighting for the future. TNN, the Truth News Network.
2: Truthnewsnet.org. And again, Dan Newman. So, you want to hear about this thing. Before I get into it, go get a pen or a pencil and some paper. You're going to write down a number in just a few minutes. I'm going to tell you about something that is not even available to anybody as of yet in the public. And it's in the world of cryptocurrency. I'm involved. I was, in, I was introduced to the man who put this whole thing together for this new cryptocurrency. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. His name is Dustin Teo, T-E-O, Dustin Teo. And after the show's over, I recommend that you go look him up. He is one of the pillars that made Bitcoin do what it has done and become what it has done. He's not just a lucky guy. He's a thinker. I've spent hours with him, probably two and a half hours, at least three hours. He's a great Christian man. He is really into Christianity. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what this is about from uh, the 30,000-foot level, and then I'm going to tell you of one thing that they have already done, he and some of his uh, fellow uh, Christian brothers that have cryptocurrency experience. But what this is, it's called Philcoin, and the the way to get it is P-H-L-C-O-I-N. And It's not active yet, uh, and I'm going to get you a little bit of that information in just a minute. I want to get you prepared because if you want to get involved, it happens next Tuesday morning early. He has been concerned because he is from Southeast Asia. He now leaves, lives in the Middle East, and uh, he had to leave with his family from Southeast Asia because of his success in Bitcoin and constant threats on his life. But he wanted to create a cryptocurrency that could be used by everybody replacing currency, regular currency, specifically for indigenous people, people that live out away from any network of banks and no kind of infrastructure that is realistic to use and take care of your money. And he created Philcoin to do just this. Now, what is it? It's not a mineable cryptocurrency. In other words, what's been made and set up to be distributed by people who do get involved, once that's gone, there's no more coming. It cannot be mined and duplicated, added to, which if you know anything about cryptocurrency, that's a huge deal. If you can go online, look at YouTube, mining cryptocurrency, and there are hundreds of of YouTube videos that explain how to do it. You can't do it with PhilCoin. But listen to what this is all about. He wants every little minister in every little village in the world that only has access to like a cell phone with maybe 2G service. That's all they have. He wants them to be able to be part of a network of people that are Christians, people that give a rip about the world, and for them to have a cheap cell phone that has 2G service, they join Philcoin and churches around the world are going to be making donations to churches and these new Christian startups around the globe. Let me tell you how Real This is if you if you read anything and find out anything about him, let me tell you what he's already done. You know that low altitude network satellite network that Elon Musk has created. Dustin Tao has already done that himself. They have done it over a part of India and it was a test. They took one small Indian town that had I say small it had 20,000 people in it had no banks. It was just everything was in hand. And they created this satellite network and set them up there with Philcoin and seeded it with money. These people got coins, and they just started doing all their business in their community using that with, with phones. You didn't have to get cash. You didn't have to go 60 or 70 miles away to the nearest bank to do your uh, financial transactions, grocery stores, pharmacies, physicians, medical, everything was handled with Philcoin. And that was a test to see if it works. Now, let me, for those of you who are Christians that are listening, and I know most of you are, here's the big deal. The overriding thing that he's concerned about is governments in the world taking over the monetary systems in these various countries around the world, every country. And if and when that ever happens, the populace is going to be 100% at the behest of their governments for everything economically. With this system, no government is going to be able to control it because it's going to be independent from the satellite to the ground and back and across this network worldwide. I was invited along with some other people to get involved before it goes live. And let me tell you this, I've talked to dozens of people in the cryptocurrency world. Everybody knows about Philcoin. Everybody does. And everybody's saying, how can I get in early? How can I get in early? Well, again, as I said, only a very few people were allowed to do that and they were hand chosen. I was just blessed to be among one of those And so I have an account, a Philcoin account. I set up a wallet. Um, If you don't know anything about cryptocurrency and you're you're very unsure and you don't want to, that's fine. Go to YouTube, folks. Just Google and get an example of a very simple explanation of how cryptocurrency works and how dangerous it can be. I mean, there are stories out there. One guy, and I—I I knew his name, but I don't—I don't remember it. He has two hundred million dollars worth of cryptocurrency in his wallet, and he can't access it. It's so secure. Your wallet comes with amazing security. As a matter of fact, if you get involved with PhilCoin when you set up your account. You can't just do like you do when you open a PayPal account or something like that where you fill it out with all your information, you give them your banking information, and bam, you have an account. They investigate each of you. You fill out the stuff, you go all the way through it, fill everything, document it, and you submit it, and they say pending. It took 10 days for mine to be approved. They tell me now that it's not taking nearly that long. And so that's why I didn't wait till next week to begin to tell you when you open an account. But when you open that account, it comes with the suggestions of one wallet. Binance is the name of it. There are hundreds of different wallets out there. Um, But you put a little money in there if you want to test it. And then first thing next Tuesday morning, um, you know, just just be ready to go. It'll be announced and the, the symbols are PHL. And buy a few coins, And watch what happened. This is pre-access. It opened at two cents a Bitcoin. It's not a Bitcoin. Two, two cents a currency, cryptocurrency, a coin, And it was at 46 cents when I opened up this morning. Now that doesn't sound like much, folks. But if any of you have ever invested in anything, and this is since Friday a week ago, and it's only people that were invited to come in. I know one man, I've known him for years, who has a group put together. They're going to invest $150 million in Philcoin, not just for its growth and the profit potential that's there, but from that profit potential, a lot of people, and I'm one of them, we're going to donate. Money from PhilCoin to ministries around the world with a lot of people that don't have much money, with which they can spread the gospel. So, how do you find out about it? Just Google PhilCoin, and uh, you'll get some information. You'll get a site, and it talks about it. If you want to participate in it, go to uh, Phil App. On the iTunes App Store, Google's the same way. Phil App P H I L A P P, and download their app. And if you want to get involved, I'll just. I'm, this is the end of this. I'm going to tell you how to get involved. You just go through the process, filling things out. If at any point you get uncomfortable, just stop. You don't have to do anything. I'm just trying to get you set. If you want to do something next Tuesday when it opens up, my prediction is. In the first six hours, it's going to go to a buck and a half. And that would mean if you got in at uh, where I am now, the level that I am now, you would triple whatever you invest in the first few hours. I'm I'm not in this to cash out. It's called pump and dump. I'm not in it for that. I'm in it to let this thing ride, to see how far God takes it, and to watch and prepare myself for whatever. My thinking is take a little money, whatever you can throw away, whatever you do throw away in a month or two months or whatever, and just try this and see how it goes and watches it. There's a lot of good things that goes into it. So you got your pen and paper there. Nobody can just go online and do it. You have to be referred. It is not a Ponzi scheme. It is not network marketing. I will say this, I'm going to give you the number that you can use to sign up and you have to have it. So let me, let me do that. Let me give that to you now. I'll say it two, three times. P H L four, seven, nine, seven, one, eight, eight, four. Again, P H L four, seven, nine, seven, one, eight, eight, four. One more time, PHL 479-71884. When it asks you for that referral number, you use that and that'll set you up. Now, there's a good thing that happens whenever you do it. You, in about 30 days, are going to get $5 worth of Coin deposited into your wallet, the account that you set up. And then, every person that you tell about this and you give them the number you'll get your own number after you enroll you won't give them my number give them your number everybody that enrolls that comes in even you know they don't have to put anything in just set up their account they're going to get $5 worth of fill coin and you'll get another $5 worth of fill coin it doesn't go deep like network marketing entities do. It goes wide, getting more people involved in it. Now, how confident am I in this whole situation? I've I've been involved in a lot of different investments, stock markets, options, the whole nine yards. Even Bitcoin. Yeah, I was in Bitcoin. I didn't want didn't know anything about it. It was about 10 or 12 or 13 years ago, right at the beginning of this. And our company, Computer Network, was shut down by ransomware. And I had to go find a way to buy some Bitcoin to uh, pay the ransom so our computer network would be released. But that's my only investment in pit- Bitcoin. And I'm sorry for that because at that particular time, the Bitcoin that I bought was less than 100 bucks. I mean, go look up Bitcoin's value price today. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I am totally confident in this whole system because I know the people that are involved in it. I know they are men and women of much, much moral character. They're all Christians. They're in the ministry. Many of them are, and there's a massive amount of cryptocurrency experience that they have participated in, and the big guy, Dustin Teo, um, he, he was the brainchild of Bitcoin. Let me tell you, I, I have some a few people that I didn't know, but they are very uh, involved in cryptocurrency. And when I mentioned, have you heard about Philcoin? and I, And I haven't been out spreading this around. I've just talked to some close friends, and I've been hesitant to talk to anybody. Because I don't want to be out there marketing this thing. Because you know what I get out of it if you get in? I'll get $5 worth of fill Coin. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to get filthy rich off this. It's not a network marketing s- scheme. It's just to introduce this as a place to go when it's going to happen. And it is going to happen, folks. Our federal government is going to... Very shortly, I'm convinced of, they're going to be able to access your bank accounts. I mean, the IRS can do it right now. You know that. Now, just think about it. You say, well, the IRS can only do it if I do something wrong. What if they say or they allege that you did something wrong and they just put a hold on your accounts while they're investigating? That's happened a lot. I mean, thousands of times every year already. And what if they just decide to sit on it and never released it? What are you going to do? You're going to sue the IRS? You're going to sue your bank for holding it? They're abiding by federal government law. If that was the case, they couldn't touch this. I'll give you the number one more time. PHL 479-71884. Go to fill app, download it. Uh, read, get the information, whatever. And I tell you what, if you have any questions, fire me an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. And I'll answer them. I'll give you references, you know, w- w- whatever your question is that I have an answer for. And if I don't have the answer, I'll put you in touch with somebody that does. Okay. Never done this before. Never sold anything here at Truth News Network. Never will, as far as I know. Don't have any plans. We don't monetize this thing. We do it for the good of everybody that wants to listen in and get news. And get news without political thuggery involved in it. There aren't many of us out there. There are a few. Philcoin. Don't forget it. Real Truth. Real News. TNN. The Truth News Network. Hi,
1: this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gopperts from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. (gasps) We're giving one away free to customers who buy a Sourdough Jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn out spark plugs and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by two and get one free. Lucas fuel injector cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas fuel injector cleaner buy 2 get 1 free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. All
2: It's already started. Text, emails, tell me more about Philly. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do, especially as this thing ramps up in the next few days. um, We're going to bring you news. In fact, I'm going to try to get Dustin to come on the show with us, Dustin Tao. Um, He speaks very broken English. He's from Singapore. He was a native there. And talking about government seizing money, Uh, the reason I told you he left Southeast Asia and went to the Middle East he took his family it was because one day he had a huge company and he is today I I know a a round number and it's billions that he is worth Um, one day he gets a call from the Bank of Singapore you know government operated Singapore, Communist Chinese uh, Party basically owns and operates everything in China, including Singapore. And they said, "Um, we've seized the $250 million in your operating account, basically saying, good luck. No way to appeal. And so fortunately for him, he kept the lion's share of the money that he had made in his company, And also in those other company accounts, he kept it in Bitcoin. And so he and about 20 guys that worked for him and their families and Tao with his family, they left Singapore and they had all the seed money into Bitcoin that they had put in there. They took it with them and no bank could touch it. Lots of stories out there about that. We'll get into it more and more, but I I recommend that you do some research. Let me look and see what it is right now. Uh, Let's see. It's 40 cents a coin right now. And again, you can't buy it now. The public can't buy it now. But it will be launched next Tuesday morning. Philcoin. When it started Friday a week ago, it was 2 cents. Just imagine... Look, look at the value. If you'd put in $1,000 then, what would it be? It'd be 20 times that if you got into 2 cents. I, I don't know about you, but I don't get many opportunities to get involved in something that is positive like this. I just recommend you look at it. If you're uncomfortable, don't do anything. And if you want to give it a shot, do it with a few dollars. You don't have to go crazy. All you can lose, all you can lose is what you put in it. That's the maximum you could use. Just remember that if you try to do it. Let's move on. We've got much, much to talk about. A lot of exposure. You remember we told you in the Black Lives Matter when uh, Patrice Cullors was so controversial last year. She was one of the founders and she was running all of the offices of Black Lives Matter and handling all the money. Now, where did they get their money from? Black Lives Matter didn't make any money no they got it from contributions people like George Soros gave them 200 million dollars they blackmailed major corporations that gave them millions in fact if uh, I'm pretty I haven't looked at it in, in a few weeks but if you go to Black Lives Matter's website you there's a drop down over there and it when it drops down when you hook on it it's got the list of all the big donations Donators, not the amounts, but the donators, the people that they have blackmailed into giving them money. Well, Black Lives Matter, their leadership, purchased a $6 million luxury mansion, and they purchased it with cash in Southern California, and they used donation money. Now, this is coming from a report from New York Magazine. They apparently wanted to keep the purchase of the 6,500-square-foot mansion secret. The mansion was occasionally used for creating online content for the radical, often violent Marxist movement. And this news comes as the group faces federal scrutiny over misuse of donated funds. In one now private YouTube video, they pulled it down. Black Lives Matter leaders Patrice Cullors, who I just mentioned to you, Alicia Garza Melina Abdullah, can be seen sipping champagne on the patio of the mansion. And they did that to mark the first anniversary of the death of George Floyd. That is the beginning that gave life, new life, to the extremist organization. For me, the hardest moments have been the right-wing media machine just leveraging literally all its weight against me, against our movement, against BLM, the organization. That's what Patrice Colors was saying in this deleted YouTube video. She said, I'm some weeks out now from a lot of the noise, so I have more perspective, right? While I was in it, I was in survival mode. Now, New York Magazine stated Cullors was referring to the New York Post article detailing another luxury house purchase scandal of which she was at the center. She spent more than $3 million on four homes. Several days after the patio video, Colors resigned as executive director of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. I think they've attempted to cancel us, but they have not been successful in canceling us, Abdullah added. They've tried to say, and I'm just going to say it, she bought some houses. We're going to cancel her. Abdullah, she continued, who the F for you? You ain't done SHIT. Garza also defended colors, saying, y'all don't know SHIT about what it takes to live in a box here, but the Black Lives Matter luxury mansion is no box The mansion has more than half a dozen bedrooms and bathrooms, several fireplaces, a soundstage, a pool, and a bungalow, and parking for more than 20 cars. Documents revealed intentions for the house were in conflict, some messages saying the house was to be used as a safe house for leaders whose lives had been threatened, while others said it was a staging ground for social media influencers to create content and spread the organization's message. They've been really quiet of late, haven't they? I think they've gone underground purposely because of all of this bad news that's coming out they don't want to be a part of. But make no bones about it. They got lots of money still, lots of money. The love of money. The love of money is the what? The love of money is the root of all evil. You hear that here a lot, folks. That's from the Bible. That's not from Dan. Phone's ringing now. Can't take phone calls during the show. I know this is somebody asking about Philcoin. If you're listening, send me an email at dan at truthnewsnet.org. That's dan at truthnewsnet.org. I'll answer every email question today. Speaking of messing around with money, what if the 2020 election was rigged in plain sight and rigged even through entirely legal ways using $400 million? Well, that's exactly what Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan did, and they did it through Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, CZI. There's a bombshell upcoming documentary Title of it is simply rigged. It's coming from Citizens United Productions, and it explains how this big tech power couple, they contributed four hundred millions of dollars to a pair of nonprofit organizations through CzI, their initiative. The nonprofits, in turn, they spent money on a Democrat-focused get-out-the-vote effort, all under the guise of pandemic election safety. This documentary, Rig, at the beginning of it, it goes through Big Tech's role in the last two elections, starting back in 2016, when Trump when Trump harnessed the power of social media like no other me, uh, uh, political person ever has. He shocked the world by flipping the states of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And as he did that, he pulled off an upset victory against Hillary. So by the time of Trump's inauguration, Zuckerberg had come under tremendous fire from the Democrat elite over Facebook's perceived failure to censor content. Of course, they didn't want to censor any content. They wanted to censor Donald Trump. But four years later, lo and behold, the coronavirus pandemic would give Zuckerberg a clear shot at redeeming himself, and he did. The documentary, Rig, tells this entire story. Through their philanthropic organization, the CZI, which lists Barack Obama's former campaign manager, David Fluff, as a key strategist, Zuckerberg and his wife donated $69.5 million to the Center for Election Innovation and Research and a whopping $328 million to the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is a nonprofit headed by Obama Foundation fellow Tiana Epps Johnson who prior to creating CTCL in 2015, she worked for an organization described by the Washington Post as the Democratic Party's Hogwarts for Digital Wizardry. Wizardry. A former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice, Michael Gabelman, he was assigned to investigate election wrongdoing in Wisconsin about the 2020 election. He says in the documentary, the CTCL essentially became a vehicle for Zuckerberg and Chan to fund get-out-the-vote efforts in mostly Democrat-populated districts in key swing states in Wisconsin. In 2019, they received a paltry $2.8 million in contributions before the, the Chan-Zuckerberg initiative, $328 million in cash-infusion in the lead-up to the election. $328 million. Folks, that's not just a paltry sum of money. And you don't throw money like that around for any purpose to anybody without knowing what it's going to be used for and even more. Telling who you give it to what it's going to be used for. The Zuckerberg's folks were paying governments with grants, with conditions that they, they go do those get-out-the-vote activities in the Democrat areas. In the Republican areas, they just gave them money and they said, hey, we're helping uh, conduct the election. That's according to Ken Cuccinelli, the National Chairman for the Election Transparency Initiative. Hosted by Citizens United President David Bossie and featuring interviews from prominent conservative leaders like Ted Cruz, Newt, President Trump himself, this documentary, it's titled Rigged, It offers a warning cry for what's about to come if Republicans don't find a way to stop left-wing billionaires like Zuckerberg from using their spending power to influence elections. And they, they worked it to perfection in 2020. What do you think they're going to do in 2022, this year, and 2024? It was a rigged election. Trump tells that, Tabasi, in the documentary. People have to find out what happened, and they have to hold people accountable. I'm sure you agree. Well, guess what else came out? Overnight, Catherine, Catherine Engelbrecht, who is president and founder of True the Vote, testified alongside Greg Phillips before the Wisconsin State Legislature's Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections, suggesting their investigation found a significant likelihood that over 137 ballots were trafficked in the state of Wisconsin alone during the 2020 presidential election. 137 ballots. They were trafficked. What's that mean? They were sold. By the way, Biden won by less than 21,000 votes. Since oh nine, Ingelbrecht has worked with her nonprofit to keep elections free and fair, and they do it through voter registration initiatives and supporting election reform measures across the US. She said this election integrity requires constant engagement. True the vote, her nonprofit has remained skeptical of some of the practices that were engaged in during that twenty twenty election, and they've been investigating the matter. Late last month, Engelbrecht and Phillips sat before the Campaigns and Elections Committee. They they talked about what they believe and why they believe the 7% of Wisconsin ballots that were submitted through ballot drop boxes may have been, and at least some of, were fraudulent. TTV uses both video surveillance recording and geospatial data to track and analyze drop box traffic patterns given the ubiquity of video surveillance and tracking and other applications, 24-7 video surveillance of Dropbox traffic would seem to be an expected rudimentary requirement of the Wisconsin Election Commission. Yeah, I mean, you would do that if you're responsible in government. So after filing open record request, TTV had got a hold of 25 terabytes of cell phone signal data in Milwaukee County municipalities, in one instance, and they found that, listen to this, 107 unique devices made, 20 or more visits to drop boxes, averaging 26 visits each, some as many as 10 to 15 times per day, and two multiple visits to NGOs, non-governmental organizations involved in get-out-the-vote efforts. Now, what does this mean? 107 unique devices. What would that be? Cell phones. Cell phones. Cell phone data is available. Every phone company has it. They turn it over to various authorities, people that are looking into seeking actual where somebody was and when they were there when they were talking on that phone. 107 of these unique devices that belong to these people that work for this nonprofit. 107 of them made 20 or more visits to drop boxes. That's averaging 26 visits each. Some as many as 10 to 15 times per day. So what's the total number? 107 devices total 2,824 visits. With a majority of visits occurring after 8 p.m. Kenosha News has even reported this. Engelbrecht stated, I want to make very clear that we're not suggesting that the ballots that were cast were illegal ballots. We don't know. What we know is they were cast in the form they were illegally. So Milwaukee Elections Administrator Claire Woodall-Vogue argued that without TTV providing the data that they used to come to these conclusions, there's no way to verify their claims. I have no idea, she said, because I haven't seen their data broken down where we can actually analyze it. I have no idea how tracking people's cell phones work, but if they have the cell phone numbers, I could even confirm whether they're an employee, she added, stating that TTV may just be compiling data on election staff doing their job. Ann Jacobs, she is the Wisconsin Election Commissioner's Democratic Chair, called it a, quote, really bizarre reach to use cell phone data near drop boxes to make these allegations. But Phillips went on to testify at the hearing that by TTV's assessment, as many as 4.8 million ballots may have been trafficked in the 2020 election. Attorney James Bopp stated in his testimony before the campaign and election committee, quote, it serves zero legal purpose and in my opinion, useful purpose, to be talking about doing some, like, decertification that is pointless. It's over. You can't go back, he added. There's no mechanism, no provision, no anything that would have any practical legal effect. Let me tell you what needs to be done. If any of those votes, folks, if any votes around the nation, one or 10,000 or 200,000 or a million are cast Illegally, now what defines illegally casting of votes? Every one of the 50 states has a voting system, and the voting systems were created and passed into law only by the state legislatures. The Constitution's very clear on that. State lawmakers have sole authority on crafting, creating election laws. One vote or a million votes? cast illegally, needs whoever did it to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That shapes what this nation is all about. It protects this nation and keeps it from being turned upside down by people who simply want to use voting to grab power. That's what it's about. Power and authority. But we're not done with Wisconsin today. In late January film, producer Dinesh D'Souza released a trailer for his upcoming movie that's called 2,000 Mules. True the Vote has been working with Dinesh D'Souza to create this bombshell movie that uses footage and tracking data from these ballot boxes in key states across the nation used to steal the election. Now, let me tell you where this information I'm giving you right now is coming from. It's not coming from, uh, obviously, the Washington Post the New York Times. It's not coming from CNN, NBC, ABC, or CBS. Not even coming from Fox News. It's coming from our partners, one of them, across the pond. The Gateway Pundit. 100% fed up. Added this on the investigation in January. That's a Twitterer. Using commercially available geo-tracking cell phone data, True the Vote was able to take footage from drop boxes across America and key states, like Georgia, and others to track over 2,000 mules that were all wearing gloves and disguises to stuff ballot boxes. This all began back in early January. Gateway Pundit reported that their organization, Gateway Pundit, agreed to hand over exclusive video from a major battleground state to true the vote for their ballot trafficking investigation into the 2020 election. So the Gateway Pundit shared never-before-seen ballot box surveillance video, 24 terabytes of footage, 24 terabytes, with the election integrity group and their ongoing investigation. Now, why are you telling us this? You remember at the last... At the very end of what I told you about what was going on in Wisconsin, I told you that that Wisconsin commission leader said, we don't have that data. We don't have any of that. So we don't know if anything bad happened at all. And I'm paraphrasing what she said, but basically she said, we don't know if anybody cheated. So there's nothing we can do. The gateway pundit and the data that they turned over is exactly the verification that anybody needs to verify the validity of their elections. That investigation is ongoing, by the way. The movie is set for a spring release. So what about today? Well, on Sunday, Turning Point USA founder and President Charlie Kirk was in St. Louis, and he joined Joe Hoft from the Gateway Pundit and Real Talk to discuss the 2020 election and related topics. During this interview, Charlie says he spent time with Dinesh the producer of this movie, and Charlie then dropped this bond. And I'm going to read this verbatim from Charlie Kirk, who is a young man I have a lot of confidence in. Quote, You have the surveillance video that Dinesh is using in his upcoming movie where people are coming out of the car with piles of ballots, all illegal. You cannot do that in the state of Georgia stuffing them in the ballot boxes funded by Mark Zuckerberg, coming night after night after night. The same guys. They're wearing latex gloves on camera. After they put the ballots in the drop boxes, they take off the latex gloves because they don't want fingerprints on the ballots and they take pictures of every ballot. You'll see this in the video footage. Charlie Kirk said, I had a six-hour meeting with Dinesh and I saw all the evidence for myself. I was really skeptical at first. And we dove into it. And I was blown away at how the sophisticated technology they used to be able to track these people using cell phone technology because your cell phone is letting off a ping every three to five seconds. You can go by those pings off of certain geographic areas. They saw that some of these mules would visit these drop boxes every night and then go, listen to this, to Stacey Abrams' headquarters and then go back to the drop boxes. We later confirmed from a second source that a second Democrat office in the state of Georgia was also used as a stop for the dozens of ballot traffickers there. The pieces are falling into place. They really are, folks. And... Um, I got to be honest with you. It was a fix. They put everybody that thought it, it was a fix. They clamped down on everybody. They created the term, the big lie. They hung that on Donald Trump and anybody that would even mention there was possible or probable cheating in the 2020 election. There was cheating. They tell all the lies about the election. Oh, you know, no court has come out and said, no, th- that's not true. Courts have come out and said multitudes of states, especially these swing states, Arizona, there was massive voting irregularity. The courts stated that after they saw the forensic audit. You just heard from Wisconsin. You just heard from Georgia. Georgia's actually in litigation with the Democrat Party there to straighten up this entire process that they were using. It's happening in other places. If we lose the integrity of our election system, folks, we lose the nation. We are nothing unless we, the people, are the ones that are choosing those in a legal and moral and accurate manner, according to the law, choosing those who are going to govern over us. We got to get this straightened out. We need to get it straightened out before November for sure. And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy.
0: Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan super supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. That's Pepsi, Pepsi the
2: soccer
0: ball four Don't Pepsi. Don't miss the Pepsi, Pizza Hut and Pepsi, Pepsi soccer, and soccer offer with every two medium pan super supreme. You get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now.
1: Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply.
3: Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized
2: all day. Celsius is better-for-you energy. Made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins. With no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius.
3: Essential energy. Live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you.
1: Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Go- swing! Ah! <laughs> oh. Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer.
0: Yahoo!
1: Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. The view from the top is reserved for the bold, and the bold tell the truth. Truthnewsnet.org.
2: Well, you and I are sharing a spot at the top of the heap. We want to keep that going. In the first hour today, we introduced you to a new cryptocurrency that will be coming out going live publicly next Tuesday called Philcoin, P H L is the um, that's a symbol for it on the cryptocurrency sites when it goes, uh, goes live. You can't buy it now. But, again, I recommended for you to consider doing so, and I went through the process. We'll, uh, we'll tomorrow morning, in our story that we publish, we'll put a whole section on the details of Philcoin, because I want everybody, uh, everybody that reads our stories doesn't, take or have the opportunity to listen to TNN Live live like you folks are. So I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to at least analyze it and make a decision. It's not just about the money, folks. It's about what it will be doing for a whole lot of millions of people around the globe. We can't do the show today or any other day here in in the near past and going forward, you can book it unless we bring up conversation about Joe Biden. Have you noticed how the president has consistently struggled with anger outbursts? Have you noticed when that happens? When he's peppered with unwanted questions and especially questions about any corruption by anybody in his family. All throughout his campaign and into his presidency, he's consistently used anger And when he does it, he's trying to dispel questions that he doesn't want to answer. According to the RNC's research team on Monday, that's the Republican National Committee, Biden has leveraged his defensive anger at least five times when he was questioned about what? His family's business dealings. Get your word straight, Jack. Biden shouted at a voter on the campaign trail. No one has said my son has done anything wrong. And I did not on any occasion. You're a damn liar, man. His history of anger flashes are pretty common among elderly males who have senility. (laughs) Now, this is according to Tucker Carlson last night. Tucker said this, uncontrollable flashes of anger are common among people who are aging, particularly among men, and they often accompany senility. Losing is a very frustrating experience and your heart goes out to anybody who is. President Biden seems aware of his anger issues for which he has often, or at least once, apologized. The Biden family business is just one topic that triggers him and his anger. Inflation, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, election integrity, and his own state of mental fitness. Questions about any of that have also just knocked him off his rocker before he became president he almost lost it when somebody asked about his mental health during the campaign Biden got mad and popped off come on man that's like you're saying before you go on this program you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not now where the heck did that come from He threw that angrily at the interviewer and said, what do you think, huh? Are you a junkie, Biden asked? I couldn't figure it out when I saw it. I still can't figure it out. Just in the last few months, Biden has lost his cool several times. In January, when he was questioned about his comparison of those who oppose the federalizing of elections to segregationists, He became indignant with a reporter. Go back and read what I said, Biden shouted with a threatening voice. Also in January, he snapped when he was asked by his 40-year-old about his 40-year-high inflation. What a stupid SOB, he said of a Fox News reporter. I'm sick of this stuff. People think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. He angrily said another time about Bidenflation. Since Russia has invaded Ukraine, even before that, when they were just threatening to, Biden became more temperamental. When he was asked at the beginning of the conflict why he was waiting on Putin to make the first move, Biden responded again by snapping at the reporter's stupid question. What a stupid question, the president said. Just two weeks ago, his cognitive abilities showed no sign. Of improvement, Three separate times in the span of just a couple of days, Biden issued statements that the White House walked back through press releases. When he was questioned last week if he regretted some of the statements his administration had to rescind, such as Russian President Putin being removed from power, he responded he was not backtracking on anything. I'm not walking anything back he said to the reporter. And it was on live national TV. I saw it. It's unknown if he did not know his administration put out a retraction or if he disagreed with his administration's retraction. Either way, European leaders rebuked Biden for his statement, which could embolden Putin. It's not the first time Biden has contradicted his own administration. He claimed two weeks ago during his trip to Europe, that sanctions were never meant to deter Putin from invading Ukraine. I did not say that. In fact, the sanctions would deter him. Biden said that in a contradiction to many of his administration officials. And we played here sound bites of him actually calling them a deterrent. Secretary of State Blinken doing the same thing. Jen Psaki doing the same thing. Sullivan, the NSA director saying the same thing. Is it that Biden forgets? Or Biden forgot? Apparently, he didn't remember ever saying it, didn't remember any of his minions ever saying it. You know what's saddest of all the American people? We all see it. We see it every day. We listen. We hear it. We understand. I don't think there are many people that don't like Joe Biden just because of that. I, my mother... She went through Alzheimer's, really bad version of it, before she passed away. The last year of her life, she couldn't even speak. Didn't know who anybody was. Horrible situation. And I'm not here to say Joe Biden has Alzheimer's. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying, he shows the signs, demonstrative signs, of cognitive disability. Of what kind, I don't know, but it's there. But it's sad enough that we Americans see and know it. But what about people overseas? What about foreign leaders? What about our our, uh, allies? What about like in the U.K., like Britain and Australia? Well, here's where Sky News said we are or they are regarding Joe Biden and his abilities or disabilities. Sky News, Overnight. Joining me now is the always brilliant
1: Douglas Murray, best-selling author and associate editor of The Spectator. Well, Douglas, another week, another embarrassing Joe Biden slip-up. Honestly, I think we should make a weekly segment out of this. We really could. We could make a <laughs> daily segment. <laughs> now, let's take a listen to the president who seems to have forgotten that he was vice
3: president under Barack Obama, not his wife, Jill. And I'm deeply proud. Of the work she's doing as First Lady with Joining Forces Initiative.
1: She started with Michelle Obama when she was Vice President and now carries on.
3: Or Douglas, does he think Michelle Obama was VP? I can't work it out.
5: It's, um, it's a classically non-lucid uh, Joe Biden moment, isn't it? Uh, it just, as you say, has to go into the catalogue of similar things. Remember during the campaign race, he, he on stage, he seemed to confuse his wife and his sister uh, at one point and then said, oh, they switched them on me as if there was some divine plan to confuse him about who his wife was. Uh, so, no, I mean, this is a very typical, very average week in, in Joe Biden's head, I'm afraid.
2: I wanted you to hear that just to illustrate they're laughing. Now, these are people in the news business. These aren't people in government. Uh, Do you remember right after Donald Trump was elected and he went to that first NATO meeting and he made a stink there? As you remember, he confronted every member of NATO for not paying their due amount for NATO protection. And folks, that's the only way NATO is ever going to be able to operate if governments in the various companies uh, countries that are members of NATO, if they don't ante up and play the allocated funds that they're to pay based upon a formula that they all agreed to at the beginning of NATO. You remember seeing that one picture of, of uh, Donald Trump sitting in a chair and foreign leaders, leader of Germany, leader of France, and others were standing above him. And they were laughing at Donald Trump. Mainstream media went nuts. Oh, they can't stand our president. He's an embarrassment to the world. Well, he held their feet to the fire. And they all began to ante up to fund NATO rather than the lion's share of the cost of it going to the U.S. But the mainstream media don't ever take the objective decision when they bring up and talk about a news story. They always present, every story they present is presented with a political slant. Every one of them. Our foreign leaders all think Joe Biden has lost it, folks. It's not just many Americans, most Americans in the nation that think we have a problem there. People around the world feel the exact same way. So as we segwayed into talking about President Biden and his stuff, what about Hunter? Oh my gosh, you're not going to go there, Dan. Yeah, we got to go there because every day now, I will tell you this going forward, pretty much every day something's going to be new out there and it is not only going to relate and be specific to Hunter Biden, it is going to involve the President of the United States. I hope you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. Hunter texted that to his daughter, Naomi, back in 2019. Do you hear that now? We're talking about a young man. A young man saying this to his daughter, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, he said. But don't worry, unlike Pop, which is Joe Biden, I won't make you give me half your salary. This is a string of text that were uncovered off Hunter Biden's laptop. So these texts indicate Joe got 50% of his relative's salary for a 30-year period. The texts don't reveal when the 30 years began or ended or whether Joe is still part of the payment scheme as president. The legacy media, and I hate to call them anything but the crazy media. <laughs> they have ignored the reported string of Hunter's text messages. You wonder why they do that? Nowhere in the New York Times report in March about its authentication of Hunter's laptop. Nowhere in it were the text messages even mentioned. Alternatively, the Times story, it focused on a grand jury's probe into Hunter's tax affairs and corruption while his dad was at the top level of government. Here's what the story said. People familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, who is Devin Archer, one of Hunter's partners, and others about Burisma and the other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in Delaware at a repair shop the email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. So that was the New York times. What about the Washington post? Well, they also authenticated the laptop in March and they acknowledged Hunter profited. Listen to this number 4.8 million. This is Hunter Biden who was flying around the world on air force two with his dad, and doing corrupt business meetings. And that's not an allegation, folks. It's a fact. He profited $4.8 million in retainer and consulting fees from a Chinese energy company throughout two years, 2017-2018. Likewise, did not mention the string of text messages. The Washington Post didn't. Instead, they seemed to clear the president of any wrongdoing. They suggested its authentication of Hunter's laptop showed no evidence that Biden benefited from the payment scheme, as Hunter's text allege. The Post did not find evidence that Joe personally benefited from or knew details about the transactions with this Chinese energy conglomerate, CEFC, which took place after he had left the vice presidency and before he announced his intentions to run for the White House in 2020. But put this in perspective, folks, it took both the Washington Post and the New York Times two years, two years to report a story that was vetted and authenticated by the New York Post Emma Jo Morris in the fall of 2020. Morris is now Breitbart News political editor. So they're Decision, the Times and the Post, not to report on Hunter's string of text. It didn't surprise many people. The reported text could reveal the core of an entrenched business enterprise. More importantly, the reported text could connect the current president to the family's corrupt business dealings. It is uncontroverted. This family has a long history of very in-depth and very wide evil sometimes illegal, business activities. According to the Associated Press, not the Washington Post, not the New York Times. Hunter is currently under investigation for tax fraud. It was reported Hunter in 2021 paid an outstanding $1 million IRS tax bill to evade conviction or a long sentence, not any sentence to evade a conviction, or a long sentence. Jonathan Turley, you know him, he's a constitutional scholar. He believes a special counsel should be appointed to probe Hunter's corruption because, not because of Hunter, but because his dad has denied any wrongdoing by Hunter and may have influenced the ongoing investigation. How about that? And we're not done, folks. What about Hunter? We just talked about that laptop. We hadn't talked, and and what his dad has said, and the potential implications of stuff like that, In the shadows of this invasion of Ukraine, the very first one, not the one now, but way back in 2014. Hunter and his business partners, they decided they were going to go to work in Ukraine. And they took off on an aggressive campaign to score millions of dollars in life-changing business with who? With oligarchs in Ukraine and Russia. And he had, as did those two countries, an interest in his father's policymaking business as Joe was vice president. Now, this is according to emails and court records that have been attained by a couple of different news outlets. Hunter and his associates, they targeted Russian oligarch Yelena Bacherina. You've heard us use that name here. She was the mayor at the time. She was the mayor's wife, the mayor of, um, I can't think of the, the name of the city. I forget which one it was. But anyway, mayor of a city in Russia. I think it was Moscow, but I don't want to say that for sure because I'm not, I'm, I'm not positive. but some of it may have been St. Peter's, I don't know, but was the mayor of a big city? The mayor died, and his wife, a wife, paid Hunter Biden a bunch of money. No explanation why. But she gave that money. And and let me just read this quote. I want to get it straight. President Joe Biden's son and his associates targeted Russian oligarch Yelena Bacharina, who eventually was sanctioned by the U.S. a few years later, back in 2018, for as much as $200 million after helping her get a bank account set up in America. And that comes from two different emails. Hunter even arranged for her and her husband, who was still alive, and it was Moscow, he was the mayor of Moscow, to meet with NVP Joe Biden at an intimate dinner in D.C. in 2015. At the same time he and his team courted the mayor's wife, Hunter was securing board positions and consulting deals with oligarch Mikola Zilevsky, a man whose company, you've heard it a million times, Ma Holdings, the United States and Great Britain wanted investigated Ma Holdings for their corruption. So talk about walking a tightrope. It was a delicate ballot act of cashing in on both the Russian and the Ukrainian sides of the conflict that went back in 2014. And it left the younger Biden and his partners very aware that Moscow's military annexation of Ukraine's Crimean region back then, was a wild card that could scuttle the success of their business pursuits. Just spent two hours on the phone with Kiev. I am confident at this point, this is a go, a good, if not life-changing deal, if the UK, which is Ukraine, doesn't collapse in the meantime. That was from Hunter's now convicted associate, business partner, Devin Archer. Eventually, another of Hunter's convicted business associates, John Galanis, would declare in a sworn affidavit to a federal court that he and his son, Jason, became aware of a strategy by Hunter related to companies of promising oligarchs quid pro quo access to Washington in return for what? For their money. Jason Galanis gave his interest in Burnham Wealth Association to Archer, On the prospect that Devin Archer and Hunter Biden would continue to attract foreign oligarchs on the promise of high-level political contacts. Now that was Galanis who swore that in the January of 2020 affidavit. It unequivocally referred to the scheme as political influence peddling. The Galanis father-son team and Devin Archer have all been convicted in a fraud scheme that fleeced a Native American Indian tribe. Hunter was not charged in that case. He was involved in it, but he wasn't charged. Go figure that, huh? President Biden has repeatedly defended his son. Most recently through his White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain over the weekend. Klain was interviewed, and in the interview he said, the president's confident that his son is confident. The president... Is confident his son did not break the law. Whether crimes were committed or not, the records show the ones that came from the Archer Galanis trial and a Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI seized that laptop from that Delaware computer shop. They all make clear Hunter and his associates directly sought business with both Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs. And they did it during one of the most turbulent times in recent eastern european history started with ukraine's euromaidan revolution followed by russia's invasion of crimea there's so much more to all this and uh, folks it's it's just really it's just really sad that it's the president of the united states and his son The fact that this president, obviously, he said over and over again, he didn't know anything about his son's dealing. He did. Those emails and texts that have been made public from Hunter's laptop to dad and about dad, it's all over there. Jim Jordan, the firebrand from Ohio, boy, he is all over this.
4: The liberal media slowly coming around to the truth. House Republicans are demanding answers from big tech. They want to know to whom those executives were talking when they decided to suppress the story. More importantly, who are they listening to? Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, is leading the charge. Congressman Jordan, first of all, tell me about that part of it. And I have said, on this very program that there is a strong connection between some of these media outlets and some of the big tech giants. (laughs)
5: Well, we we all know they colluded uh, eighteen months ago to keep this information from the American people in the RUN-UP to our mar- our most important election, the presidential election you had you had legacy media, you had big tech, you had the Democrat party, and of course, maybe most importantly, you had fifty one former Intel officials sign the letter that said this has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. All that tr- proved to be false. I think actually Mike made a great point the the The, the big question I think right now, Harris is. Why are the mainstream press, why are they talking about this now? I mean remember last week, Wednesday of last week, the Washington Post did two long stories, one at eleven, one at eleven oh four. Two eight page stories four minutes apart about the Hunter Biden laptop being real. Mm-hmm. Why all of a sudden is there fo- th- this focus on now that w- what we all knew back then was the truth—that the laptop was real, the eyewitnesses were real, the-, the emails were all real? The only thing fake back then was the news. So why all of a sudden are they coming clean? That's, I think, a key question that we need to get the answer to.
4: Well, the timing of it—you know, just on the heels of the announcement of of another investigation into him—and what do you think of Mark Levin, our, our Fox News host, saying this? We need a federal special counsel,
5: do we? Yeah, I think we probably do. Uh, I mean, remember, Joe Biden said in the debate in the presidential election that my son made no money from companies with ties to China. Well, there are 4.8 million reasons why that is wrong. He made $4.8 million. Some of that went to his uncle. Who knows if 10% went to the big guy, went to Joe Biden, as that now somewhat famous email that that was uncovered uh, a year and a half ago. So I do think this requires a special kind of focus. Uh, We'll see if that's where we can uh, we can go. If in fact the American people uh, put us um, put us in the majority, or maybe the Justice Department will do that now. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm curious about all these things. Why the focus now? Should there be a special counsel? What is really? Some people have speculated that there's there's some indictments coming. I don't know if that's the case. But that would, I guess, maybe explain why there's such a focus from the mainstream press on this story today.
4: Potentially indictments, potentially more information that's more damning uh, than, you know, what's already been reported out there. And when you hear the White House say, well, it's up to the DOJ to figure out whether or not a law was broken or any laws were broken, the president doesn't believe that there were. The bigger picture in all of this is it's really not even about the Bidens. Like, let's just set them as, as, you know, just a bunch of people who are being looked at right now. And let's get to the crux of who the man at the center is. It's about the president, whether or not he was compromised.
5: Yep. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, again, that the email that that Tony Bobolinsky, the eyewitness who was a part of part of this arrangement early on, uh, the email ten percent for the big guy, he says that refers to you know, then Vice President Joe Biden, or former Vice President Joe Biden, now President Biden, uh, that to me is the concern. I think that's a concern Senator Grassley was raising. That's probably the concern I think America, the American people had. Mm-hmm. And again, that was kept from us, kept from we, the people, the electorate. In the run up to our uh, most important election, the election for President of the United States, Commander in Chief of the United States.
4: Right. And as I said, it wouldn't matter who the President is. At this point, it is President Biden, and he has said a certain thing, and now they have to see if that certain thing is true. Fox News contributor Michael Goodwin writes this in the New York Post Joe Biden flying too close to the sun. He makes this point. If Hunter is indicted, it's hard to see how his father's presidency survives. That's because any indictment of the son, no matter how carefully drawn, will inevitably implicate the father. Congressman Jordan, your take?
5: Well, we'll have to see what's coming from the Justice Department. Uh, you saw that the four point the, in the story last week in the Post, the four point eight million dollars. A bunch of that money went to uh, went to Hunter Biden's uncle, uh, James Biden. So, yes. And, th- and there was all this talk about this this connection, this this the entire family involved. So we'll just have to see. Uh, and we'll have to see what the Justice Department comes forward with. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the reason. If there's indictments coming, I don't know if that's the reason why you saw these stories. Again, we'll just have to see what happens with this just. But this Justice Department, yeah, by the way, is I the same that- Justice Department Go that that targeted parents that we have all kinds of concerns with. So again. Um, We'll have to wait and find out.
0: Yeah.
4: You mentioning the uncle. That, that's why I said, you know, the Biden's plural, put them aside and look at the office of the presidency and what's at stake in terms of national security. Um, fears of, and fear, fear is the word that's being used, different from a concern that there is a huge wave of ille- illegal immigrants yeah. to come across our border suddenly, like we've never seen before after the White House will put into play what it has already announced that the end of Title 42. The COVID border restriction happens next month. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy went after the move by tweeting this. President Biden is hell-bent on destructive border policies that endanger our country and communities. House Republicans will continue to fight for a secure border. That's why I will be leading another trip to our southern border later this month. Again, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. And three states are suing to stop this from happening. Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri, say lifting the policy is unlawful and will have a devastating impact on states. I want to come straight to Congressman Jordan to get your reaction to all of it.
5: Yeah, well, I think this could lead to the worst border crisis ever, and we've already had a chaotic situation for the past uh, fourteen months. And you don't have to take my word for it. Take the Democrat senators from Arizona; they've encouraged the White House not to make this move, not to end Title Forty Two, which is the one thing that is that is helping us stem this this unbelievable tide of illegal immigrants. Over two million in fourteen months, eight thousand a day, a five hundred percent increase from what we were having a year and a half ago. (laughs) So that is how serious this is, which just reinforces. COURSE IS WHAT I'VE SAID NOW FOR A LONG TIME. THIS IS DELIBERATE. This is intentional. The Biden administration has abandoned the border because we have seen month after month increase uh, numbers of illegal immigrants entering our country. This has to be intentional, and this is just a final step, it seems to me, of just a completely wide open you know, southern border. And that's why you got three attorney generals suing and two United States senators who happen to be Democrats from the state of Arizona saying this is the wrong thing to do.
4: Yeah, and it it sort of is a head scratcher as to and look, the science is showing. And I I want to point to Wyoming and other other states in in our republic where ICU numbers are falling down, 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 almost approaching zero. I mean, we are very blessed in this fight against COVID in the United States right now. But we know other countries have not been that way. So as they flood our our border, what happened to COVID? I thought this administration was focused on this. And at the same time, they're asking for more money for COVID.
5: (laughs) Right. Right, which is it? Do you need more money to deal with COVID, or is there's no COVID? We're just going to open up the border more. So again, one of just crazy policies we've seen from this administration. I think, frankly, the worst administration certainly in my lifetime. Um, It it makes no sense, and the American people understand it. And that's why I do believe, you know, Lord willing, that there's going to be a big change come November, and the American people are going to put Republicans back in charge,
4: Congressman. Gordon, Jordan, rather, from the great state of Ohio, thank you for being in focus today. appreciate your time and your expertise.
2: You bet, Harris. It's, it's always refreshing to hear Congressman Jim Jordan weigh in on all these issues. If he's, if he's just one thing, he's very out there. He's very matter-of-fact in everything he says. But he hit the hammer on the head on all of those things that he talked about. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, our southern border debacle— there's one thing about the southern border thing, and we we, we talked about Mayorkas' plan at the top of the show. Not going to go back there. But one thing that just sticks in my craw is it's not being handled across the board. There is obviously no real sense of danger from COVID, at least by people like Alejandro Mayorkas, because they don't require... Anybody that comes in, the millions that have come in across the southern border, there's no testing. They just throw everybody in a room together. Can you imagine, and will we ever know, how much COVID, how much COVID, the disease, has been transmitted from people to other people, illegals when they come in here, and these detention centers in which they're kept for a period of time. And then in the, the, the middle of all this, we saw the first time those people getting off a bus. Dozens and dozens of them in the heat of COVID, not even wearing masks, hadn't been tested. And of course, then there's the obvious, not enforcing federal laws. This is insanity. This is not democracy, folks. This is a totalitarian leadership.
1: A politician's worst nightmare? The truth. And you're getting it here with Dan Newman on TNN, the Truth News Network.
0: Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola, like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials, so every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials, excluding cap and label.
3: Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Shop at h H&M. and Be stylish. Be trendy.
1: With women's clothes and accessories at the best quality and the best prices since 1947. Come to H&M and shop for women's clothing and accessories inspired by the latest fashion trends. Here at H&M, the master of cheap fashion, clothes cost the average price of $21.40. Wow, that's so cheap and affordable. I know, right? H&M offers fashion and quality clothing at an affordable price.
2: So, what are you waiting for? Come shop at H&M today.
5: Hashtag, hot and modern.
1: This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN,
2: the truth news network. TruthNewsNet.org And Dan Newman. A couple of very important things that we wanted to get into today before the show ends. Apparently, a bunch of the health problems from COVID-19 are more likely due to COVID-19 vaccines. Now think about this. Various health problems reported by people after they've gotten COVID-19 shots are more likely caused by the vaccines than being merely coincidental. That's according to an analysis of data from the VARES report. We give you those numbers every week. VARES has been flooded with more than a million reports, more than a million of various health problems, more than 21,000 death reports since the introduction of the vaccines in late 2020. Some experts and public officials have downplayed the significance of those reports, noting that just because a health problem starts after getting the shot, it doesn't mean it was caused by the shot. But a deeper analysis of the data indicates that many of the adverse effects are more than just a coincidence. The safety signals being thrown off in Vares now are off the charts about the Vare's board. There are multiple ways to parse the data in order to flush out Whatever the causal link between an adverse event and the vaccinations is real and illusory. For example, vaccines usually come in two doses. A random vax event unrelated to the vaccine should be dose-agnostic. A stroke randomly coinciding with a vax shouldn't be picky about which dose it was. In the VAERS data, however, a number of the reported problems are dose-dependent. Myocarditis in teenagers, as an example, is reported several times more often after the second dose than after the first. Following a booster shot, in contrast, the frequency is frequently lower than after the first dose. What does this all mean? It means there's stuff going on with this that we don't know about. And another little nugget we'll throw out there. Counties who have the highest rates of vaccination are currently experiencing more cases than those with lower vaccination rates. The 500 counties where 62 to 95% of the population has been vaccinated detected more than 75 cases per 100,000 residents on average in the past week. The 500 counties where 11 to 40% of the population has been vaccinated detected only 58 cases per 100,000 residents on average in the past week. The least vaccinated counties tended to be much smaller, averaging less than 20,000 in population. The most vaccinated counties were up over 330,000. More populous counties, however, weren't more likely to have higher case rates. What does all this mean? Boil it down, Dan. It means this, folks. We've been saying this now for over two years. There is far more to COVID nineteen, the way it was rolled out here, the way it happened, the way it's been treated, what our medical experts have told us how many times all of those facts, you know, followed the science stuff that Anthony Fauci beat into our brains over and over and over and over and over again. We found out they weren't true. We were getting bad information, and in many cases. The only explanation for it was it could have been purposely bad information. Well, that's a wrap here today at TNN Live. Coin, you check it out. Check out our story tomorrow morning. We'll tell you more about it. We'll get some more information and answer your questions here at TNN Live. Till then, have a great Tuesday and enjoy a little Michael McDonald.
0: Tomorrow. Nothing to lose.